Before we start this service, let's turn to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening because we need strength. We need help. And we come to the source of help, the source of all power. Lord, as we look into your word this evening, we pray that each and every one of us would learn something new, that we would all be blessed because we came into the presence of the Almighty God. Lord, we pray that each and every young heart here tonight that would hear thy word would be open to it, that they would accept the gift that your Son paid for us, that we would embrace it, that we would take possession of it and hold on to it. Lord, we pray now that you would bind Satan, keep him from this room, keep him from coming and stealing away the seeds that your word is about to sow. Lord, there are precious souls in your sight, in this room tonight. But they're also precious to Satan. And he wants them. He wants them just as bad. But we know you're the source of true strength and true power. And you will have the victory if they just choose follow. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Tonight, I'd like to talk about a gift. A gift that I believe everybody in this room has already heard about. A gift that was given unconditionally. A gift that's free. It's available. It's free for your choosing. The question is, who's going to choose tonight to partake of the gift? The story is as old as time is. The story's been told for years. The gospel writer wrote, tell me the old, old story of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. It's a story about a gift. It's a story that we've all heard. But for some reason, out of approximately 140 teenagers, 23, I believe, have taken possession of the gift. That's about 25%. 
You know, the gift goes back a long, long time. The gift was actually a promise in the Old Testament. The gift was a promise to a man named Abraham. Abraham, we all know from Sunday school. And in Genesis 12, 7, we read, And the Lord appeared unto Abraham, and said unto him, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built he an altar, and the Lord appeared unto him. And then he also said, in the 13th chapter, For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise and walk through the land in the length of it, and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. It's a gift. It's free and it's a gift. There's nothing any of us can do to earn it. And it was promised to Abraham. And we all know the story of Abraham, that he was faithful, and he adhered to the commandments of God, and he was obedient. And he got up and he left, and he went to a land that he didn't even know where he was traveling to. But he obeyed God. And God said, See everything around here? As far as you can see, as far as you can walk, it's all yours. It's free. Take it. Enjoy it. There was a problem. There was a famine in the land. We all know the story of Jacob and Joseph, and they end up in Egypt, and they end up in a land, and they become captive. They become slaves. They become prisoners. They have to work. And so much for that land of promise that gift that they were promised to have. Hundreds and hundreds of years passed by, and they didn't have their gift. And then we turn to Numbers, chapter 13. Moses leads them out and says, Your God has heard your crying. Your God has heard your pleading. We're going to leave this land of bondage and we're going to take possession of a land that flows with milk and honey, a land that's good, a land that's wonderful. God even tells Moses, through God tells Moses, the people, there's a land that I have for you. It's a land where you don't have to plant the vineyards. It's a land where you don't even have to build the cities because they're already built. It's a land waiting to be possessed. 
and it's a free gift. It's waiting to be possessed. Tonight we're going to talk about taking possession of a free gift. A gift that has been offered to every one of us. But unfortunately, over the majority of us haven't taken offer, haven't taken possession of that gift. For those that have your Bibles with you, I'd like to read out of Numbers chapter 13. An old story that we've all heard in Sunday school. The children of Israel are in the wilderness, waiting to enter into the land. And in chapter 13, Moses is listening and God speaks up and tells them, It's time to go in. Beginning with verse 1, we read, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And let's skip down to verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities that they be that they dwell in, whether they be tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be of good courage, and bring the fruit of the land, now the time of the grapes, time of the first ripe grapes. So they went and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rahab, And the men came to Hamath, and they ascended by the south and came to Hebron, where Ahiam and Shisha and Timah and the children of Anak were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoran in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eshcol, and cut down thence a branch of one of the clusters of grapes that bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought pomegranates and figs, and the place was called the brook of Eshcol, because the clusters of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching the land after forty days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word again and unto them the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, and said, We came unto the land whither thou sent us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled, and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amaleks dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, 
Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are, we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land, though the land through which we have gone to search, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it were men of great statue. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our sight as grasshoppers. So were we in their sight. A story that we've all heard many, many times in Sunday school. A story about the children of Israel standing on the threshold of the promised land, standing waiting to take forth a land that was flowing with milk and honey, grapes. They grabbed a cluster of grapes off the tree, off the vine, and two men had to take a, a rod, a staff, and carry it because it was so big. It was so plentiful. It was so wonderful. A land that was free. A gift that was promised. Waiting. And the children of Israel stood on the threshold, waiting to possess the gift. And they go in, and they see this wonderful fruit. And then they see the sons of Anak, the giants, and they were scared. They were afraid. They said, we can't do it. We can't do it. But Caleb and Joshua stood up and said, let's go. Let's possess the land. Let's take possession of the gift. It's here. It's right in front of our noses. We've traveled. God has been with us. We've crossed the Red Sea. We've got water from a rock. We've got manna from heaven. We've got quails that have come down. God has provided. And they're standing on the threshold of promised land. The land that has been promised to Moses, or excuse me, to Abraham for years, hundreds of years. And they stand there looking at it like, well, what's going to happen next? And sometimes I wonder if we're just like them. We're standing at the threshold of the promised land. The gift has been given. The gift is waiting to be taken. The gift is available. And all of us stand around and look at it and say, wow, that is a land that flows with milk and honey. It's wonderful, but we can't do it. We can't take it. We can't inherit it because the enemy is just too strong. The enemy is stronger than we are. We're just grasshoppers. 
The ten spies came back and gave an evil report. Those ten spies are the same whispers that you hear in your ear every night. That same voice telling you that you can't do it is the same Satan that was standing and telling those ten spies, you can't do it. You're not strong enough. You're not big enough. And the truth is, he's right. We can't. The children of Israel couldn't take possession of that land on their own. But Caleb knew. Caleb said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. He knew that God was able. He knew that the promised land was available. He was ready to go in. The choice had to be made. The choice has to be made. The gift is free. It's sitting here. But you have to choose. The children of Israel had to choose to go in. But they didn't. They didn't choose to possess the land. They thought, it's a nice land. Maybe God will give it to us next week. Maybe God will give it to us tomorrow. I don't know what all went through their mind. But if we would read on into the 14th chapter, we know that God got very furious. God's anger was kindled. And God said, I'm going to wipe out all you people. I'm going to slaughter every one of them. And Moses went to God and pleaded. He pleaded for their lives and said, don't, God. Don't wipe them out. What's interesting is the people realized, realized the mistake they had made by not accepting the gift. Realized that we didn't take possession of a land that was promised. To a gift that's been promised. And in the 14th chapter, after Moses had told them that you're going to die in this wilderness because you didn't believe God was strong enough. You didn't believe God was able to deliver you. What did the people do? The people got together and they said, let's go. Let's go take the land now. Let's rally the men up and we're going to go in and we're going to attack and we're going to take the land. And Moses said, no, you're not. The gift is over. The gift's no longer available. God offered the gift and you said no. There's not another opportunity for the children of Israel. They said, we want it. And God said, you can't have it. Every one of you is going to die in the land of wilderness. 
And we know the story, that they wandered for 40 years. And everyone died, except for Joshua and Caleb. Everyone died. The choice is free. The choice is available. The choice is now. We have the opportunity to go into the promised land. We have the opportunity to go to a land that floweth with milk and honey forever and ever and ever. The gift is so much more incredible than just the land of Canaan. The gift is undescribable. The gift is incredible. But the choice is up to each and every one of us. The choice is, do we want to take possession of it? Do we want to make it ours? Do we want to take ownership of the gift? Or do we want to just leave it set on the table? Do we want to just look at it every week, every Sunday, every day this week, and look at that gift and say, wow, that is a great gift. God had a lot of love for me. And maybe Friday, eh, maybe Thursday. I'll do it Thursday night so I don't have to wait till the last minute. Oh, maybe Friday I'll wait. Do it Friday night. Maybe I'll do it after I'm out of high school. Maybe I'll do it after I'm done with college. Maybe I'll do it after I'm done with getting married, have a few kids. It doesn't work like that. Out of the million or so children of Israel standing at the threshold of the promise, two, two went in. The promise is for today. The promise is now. Hebrews, we read. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. And we can change that word to provocation in the days of rebellion. In the days of rebellion in the, in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with this generation and said, They do always err in their heart, and they know not my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. God drew a line in the sand and the sand, and the sand was firm. There wasn't tomorrow. The children of Israel wanted to go and possess the land, and God said, no. The opportunity is now. Satan wants to whisper in your ear and say, you can't do it. You're too young, you're too old, you're too bad, you're whatever. He's a liar. Today we have the opportunity to choose 
to take possession of the gift. Odds are against you every day you wait. 25 approximately out of 140 accepted a gift, took possession of a gift. In our teacher's manual, we have ages 20 through whatever the top age is. 90% of those over the age of 20 are converted, have accepted the gift of salvation. Isn't that a wonderful number? 90%, only 10% haven't accepted the gift. And isn't that a wonderful number? 90%, only 10% haven't accepted the gift. And if you were looking at the numbers, you would say, well, that's great. Only 25% of the teens, 90% if you're over 20. The odds are in my favor. Now the odds are really against you. Because so many are gone. So many are gone. So many of my friends are gone and will never come back because they chose not to accept the gift. They chose not to take the possession of a gift that was so free and so available. Think about it. If there's anything that I could ever want to plead with every one of you is to give your life to Christ at the youngest age possible. I did. I never regretted a moment of it. Don't let Satan tell you you're too young. Don't let him tell you that you'll never make it. Don't let Satan tell you that there's giants in the land. Because God is stronger. God is bigger. God has given the land, given us the opportunity to choose him. We have a choice. We have the opportunity to choose life, to choose happiness, to choose a promised land, or we can choose to stay in the wilderness and you die. It's that simple. That's the facts. If you choose to stay in the wilderness, you're not going to survive. Why wouldn't the children of Israel just simply let God do another miraculous thing and let him do another miracle. He parted the Red Sea. He gave manna. He brought water from a rock. He did all those great things. And they stood there on the threshold of a promised land and turned around and walked back into the wilderness and died. 
You know, there's more to than just accepting the gift. There's more than just saying, God, I want you in my life. I need you. You need to take possession of the gift. You need to get up like the children of Israel and take possession of the land. You know, when Joshua took over after Moses died, the children had to go and surround Jericho, and they had to get up, and they had to walk around that city seven times, and they had to take possession of it. They had to get up and do it. It's a gift, but it's just a gift sitting on a table doing nothing if you don't get up and pick it up and possess it. God's love is so great. His plan is so wonderful. His gift is free. But why do people stand and just wait? I ask you, is someone willing to come forward and accept the gift? To take possession of it before it's too late? might ask what's in the box is it real is it just a prop it really is a gift and it's free in the box is the key to life is the deed to the promised land and it's free and it's available for anyone that wants it. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. I've asked Brother Jason to come up and sing a song in conclusion.